building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In this podcast, we're going to look at money anxiety. I want to share some thoughts about the new economy that's based on sharing and caring about yourself and others, which can help relieve some tension (laughs) and look at money from a collaborative and self-value and self-affirming perspective. Angela, I don't know much about the new economy based on sharing and caring. Can you explain the concept? Oh, yes. During the pandemic, many of us stopped work, school, we stopped living the way we lived, and we discovered a lot of activities at home, which were things that uh, we used to do before life got busy, such as cooking, baking, craft, music, art, home-based exercise, journaling, talking to people playing cards (laughs) and many people realized they were working and living in a way they didn't like. Angela, this is something dear to my heart as a work-life balance and leadership coach, slowing down and taking time out to really enjoy life instead of the mindset working yourself to death 24-7 and not taking care of yourself. Yeah, I was thinking about your workbook on the 21-day optimal work-life balance and how people need this more than ever because the world has changed. Originally, you created the workbook to help workaholics. How do you see the workbook as relevant or vital now for people going through work anxiety or having their life totally upside down with work or not even knowing how they work or how the way they work can be the same. The workbook has you reflect on all aspects of your life. When you self-reflect on how your life is and how you want it to be, what aspects are not working and what is working? You realize what you want and make a plan of action to achieve it. The questions are thought-provoking and direct to help you see what you want to change in your life. Yeah, and more than ever, people need some structure to work with if they're going to make a change. Yes, change doesn't happen in your life without recognizing it. As a coach, you can't tell people what to do. The person has to come up with the solution within themselves and want it to put it into action. The 21-day workbook is a roadmap to put your desires into action. Some people during the pandemic have had an epiphany about what they really wanted to change. They had time to think about it. And they realized that they didn't have to live and work the way they were doing before the pandemic. For some people who were older, closer to retirement, they decided to retire early and live more simply, downsizing their home, moving to an area 
where they could be more connected to nature and away from a busy life. Some people moved out of cities to the country where they could work online and have a better quality of life. And some people will now permanently have days where they work at home so they can keep some quality of life. So people started to discover that less is more. That sounds absolutely great. (laughs) (laughs) Other people realized they could do a side hustle to make money, like home delivered food businesses that gave them some better job satisfaction and got them out of a job where they had to leave their family or have less time with family. So the new economy has been encouraged by the rise of the gig economy. And the gig economy was starting well before the pandemic. The gig economy was where you don't have a full-time job and you work from gig to gig as a contract employer. And so you don't have job security, but you end up having more time for yourself (laughs) and you could have more or less money. The gig economy meant that the four-day work week never manifested. The four-day work week was some concept thrown around and populated by, uh, popularized by Tim Ferriss. So instead of this magical four-day work week, we got the gig economy where people do short gigs and they can work for short periods and be out of work for periods. So when you're without work, people have discovered how to use that time creatively to get extra side hustles, you could volunteer, you could follow a passion. And it does mean for some of us, we don't get the same income. We make less money and we make do with that. And you have to become happier with less or learn how to be happier with less. And this has also coincided with a big increase in minimalist lifestyle and spiritual development. So people have started a meditation, yoga practice, exercise, and other ways to disconnect from a technology-driven world. So let's get the kind of official uh, definition of the new economy from Investopedia. Investopedia says the new economy is connected to a restructuring of capitalism. And they say, although the term new economy developed as an investment buzzword around the promise of early internet companies to change the world, (laughs) the term has also been associated with calls to redesign the global economic system. The demand for a new economy in terms of a total redesign of global capitalism has been put forth by people who see this as a necessary step to meet social and environmental goals. So the Investopedia continues to say, in this context, a new economy is one that focuses less on driving profits to shareholders through management and more on good corporate citizenship, positive community impacts and distributing asset ownership differently. So if Investopedia is looking at it more from the corporate side, (laughs) I'm more interested in, and my understanding is much more interested in the new economy from our side, from the people side, from our 
inner collective desire to be human and not just another brick in the wall as uh oh my god I can't remember the band Patty help me was it who the who no we're close oh my god people are gonna die when they hear me have that brain fart um it's a senior yeah, moment you're, you're another brick in the wall it's um the other side of the moon the dark, oh god. Yeah, the dark anyway, side of the moon I grew up with that song in the 70s and it was played on our ABC here every day for a period. And my experience of the song as a child was... Pink Floyd. How did we forget that? Oh, my God. That's my colour. <laughs> yeah, you're wearing it right now. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. I'm wearing pink too. You see? You are. Yeah. yeah. You've got yeah. camo. Pink and grey camo. Camo pink. Um, so we're the Think Pink Collective. And, uh, well, the Brick in the Wall song was in a period of time where there was an anti-Thatcher movement. There was an anti-establishment telling the people what to do. So it's sort of what we're experiencing now with the pandemic is not something new. But what I think is newer is that in a desire to actually have a different lifestyle and I'm going to outline eight different principles where we the people are looking at how to create this new economy so the first principle is being human-centered it's like what we saw during the pandemic people were looking after each other <laughs> <laughs> that was really the best thing that happened to humanity in thousands of years. And now after, well, you know, during this pandemic, uh, people are realising they want that. They want a world that cares about each other. So the second principle is consuming less material goods. So we create less waste. So the cheap clothing industry creates so many clothes that then just create more waste. And I'm going to look at um, the third principle as a way to manage that. So the third principle is using bartering. So bartering is where you don't need money and you exchange your services. During the pandemic, people found really easy ways of doing this by cooking for each other. And it was like, wow, why haven't we done this more? <laughs> so bartering is also based on minimizing your expenses. So you spend less money with um, things such as buying uh, or exchanging, I should say, secondhand clothes. So you can barter with your clothes. In the old days, we used to do parties where we do clothes swaps. It's called a swap party. And all, all the friends would bring clothes and you just go through each other's clothes and go, oh, I'll have that. Um, and in Australia, we've done bartering in the country areas for decades. They have economies based on ruse and ruse is short for kangaroos. <laughs> so you could offer tutoring for kids in exchange for another service in your community of people. And we also have online community forums where you can get stuff for free or cheap. In France, they have Le Bon Coin, which you can offer classes and skill sharing. And you can also pay 
cheaper or less money for things or get things for free. And the USA has Craigslist and eBay. So the third principle of bartering can also cross over to just getting things secondhand. So the fourth principle, which I've also touched on, is simplification or simplifying or removing expenses that keep you addicted to screen time. During lockdown, a lot of the people were struggling with too much screen time and they had to learn how to get away from the screen. So one example, you can, instead of having subscription to every online (laughs) service, you can reduce it to just one subscription or cancel all your paid subscriptions and have the free ones or do things like read books. Go on to a, a book reading club and encourage book reading. Uh, the fifth principle is supporting industries that use renewable energy, protect the earth and other humans. So you can use public transport and get rid of the car. This is a simple one, but it's a very big impact. Buy a stainless steel water bottle or some other non-perishable um, water bottle like glass and stop buying water in plastic bottles. If humans did this one activity, we would save so much waste that is now just killing other life on earth. And other people are saving money and finding new ways to grow and eat food by growing their own vegetables, having community gardens and creating co-ops where you can volunteer your hours and get food in exchange. I remember the first time I saw a community garden, I was visiting a friend in California and their neighborhood had one. I recently saw on Facebook that people are removing their front yard grass and planting gardens instead. Also gardens, plants and trees are being placed on the rooftops and balconies on high rise apartments or buildings. Cities are starting to plant urban garden areas and fruit trees along the sidewalks and streets for residents to eat. In Mexico City is planting vertical gardens on highway pillars to help with pollution problems. And this is a great example of how one of these principles like supporting renewable energy or supporting industries that cut down food transport by having a co-op garden also has a byproduct of giving us human connection. So any of those community programs or community gardens where people are meeting each other, talking, sharing, joking, (laughs) hanging out, having a laugh, that's that's principle number six, which is about supporting your local communities, your local artists, your local food growers, food makers, and creating human fun-centered living in your local area. If, if the most important thing we haven't learned from this pandemic is that we need people, we need social contact. And this is the new economy's most important for me uh, principle. We've got to get people to interact together. Otherwise, what's the point? And so this leads to principle number seven, which is about acknowledging your gifts. 
and how you can share your gifts in the world, in your community. This is where the new economy is really, for me, coming from internally, from us. We're seeing what our gifts are personally and what we can share with the community in exchange for finances or for bartering or through volunteering. Because the changes caused by this pandemic have really forced us to see what we need as humans is not just financial. We're learning that there's these new services and needs that people have in a changing world that's based on technology. We're losing that human contact and we're really craving these different needs now. And we need people who are going to help each other build that human connection Things like human uh, relationships where we look after kids and the elderly have been a big priority in this new economy. So all of these human-centred and social needs are important for our health. And that's the big focus on the pandemic is health. So the new economy is going to be supported by the government and businesses because we're learning for the first time that our health is dependent on each other. And the pandemic, as much as it's a, it's a pain, it's actually teaching us what we need. So this principle number eight is connected to parents and the people in the community that are stay-at-home parents. How do we look at the new economy to support parents instead of the previous economy where parents are expected to work, be away from their kids and then pay for childcare? as well, which is quite expensive or not available <laughs> in some countries. So the new economy is also looking at new ways for stay-at-home parents to create income. Many women left work during the pandemic because they had to stay home to look after the kids and they've not found a way back into the workforce. So some of them are starting to discover ways they can work online or create money differently so that they can still look after the kids. I wanted to share a resource from the Stanford Social Innovation Review. It's an article called The Vision of a Well-Being Economy. So it's connected to the new economy ideas. But the thought to me was the title was a great idea. Instead of a new economy, let's look at a well-being economy because if we don't look after our people, we won't have an economy. <laughs> and the article says we must shift how we understand and build societal health and prosperity, looking beyond economic growth to collective well-being and environmental sustainability. And in the article, they look at how governments are needing to shift in three areas. One is restoring a harmonious relationship between society and nature. The second is ensuring a fair distribution of resources to address economic inequality. And the third is supporting healthy and resilient individuals and communities. And that's my main focus. In Australia, the government knows that the more depressed and sick their people are, the more it costs the government to look after them because they get sicker and sicker as they get older. So here the government 
is looking for ways to do preventative medicine that has people focus on well-being and starts earlier in life, starting even from school. It's definitely not happening quickly. And this well-being economy is definitely not happening in all countries. But it is starting. And unfortunately, I see this pandemic as a kick in the butt to start it, get starting more quickly and more promptly. And even in the USA, there are some communities where it is starting, people are starting through the pandemic to see uh, how they can support their local food bank to help people get food when they don't have it. We need this world to be more human-centred. And so the reason this shift is happening more quickly is because people before and after the pandemic are realising that working without having time to enjoy the fruits of your work in a consumer lifestyle is just not making us happy. Angela, I agree. People are starting to realize that working 24-7 for the big house, the luxury car, and fine clothes, and not having the time to enjoy them, or how lonely it is spending all your time working and having no meaningful relationships or time to enjoy those things. Yeah, that reminds me of our podcast on loneliness. And I, I don't know how much we addressed that when you're working, and especially now working in a virtual workplace, you can have real loneliness mm -hmm. even when you're working. Yeah. We touched on it in the podcast. Yeah. And for some people, they want that work. They want the money that comes from working. And it actually fulfills them. It's great for them. However, others are realizing they need different work hours from nine to five or beyond that. Different work hours that give them greater flexibility and more ability to spend time with their children and loved ones. And also not just not run around all the time. So people from losing their jobs are discovering ways of working small gigs, smaller jobs and creating other money streams that allow them to live simply and move away from values where you are only living or only living only to work. And I'm, I've been talking about this new economy and focusing on the newness of this change from the pandemic, but I'm very well aware that new things can give people a lot of anxiety, nervousness and feeling, how do I go with this change? Will I be okay? How do I pay the bills? I think everyone may experience anxiety or worry from time to time due to the stress factor at work or financial obligations. However, constantly worrying and thinking about the what ifs in every situation is unhealthy. When negative thoughts or emotions enter your mind, you can allow them and redirect them. The trouble with worrying about money and work can consume you, but having strategies can relieve the anxiety. So I'm going to give a couple tips here, seven, and then we'll go into more detail about them. 
Number one, spend time in meditation to calm your thoughts. Listen to upbeat music to manage anxiety and to manifest money. Pray about the situation for guidance and peace. Journal about the problem which is causing the worry. Go for a walk, the gym, bicycle, ride. Do some yoga or go to a fitness class or any type of exercise. And what I talk about a lot is repeat positive affirmations. Hire a financial coach to help develop a healthy money mindset and reasonable financial goals. For example, paying off debt and staying with a debt-free plan while still saving money for the future. I experienced my first life-changing affirmations with Sandra Ray and Leonard Orr's book called Rebirthing in the New Age. It's actually out of print and hard to get a copy now, but it did strike me at a time of my life where I didn't understand the power of affirmations. One of her powerful ones is, I deserve to be loved. Sandra Ray is a creator of the rebirthing technique in the 70s. I don't do that technique, but I found her book so impactful because of her affirmations. She found that most people's blocks to prosperity, love and happiness was bound to their tied up with their lack of self-love and self-value. In a changing world, your personal self-value can feel very challenged. What you once thought was secure, like a paycheck or income source, can disappear. And so then you have to rely on your chutzpah or wits, and that can be scary. Another writer who really helped my perception of prosperity is Shakti Gawain. She created the best creative visualization books I've ever experienced, and some of her CDs as well are intensely uplifting. And she taught me how to use the power of my imagination to, do, to step into joy. <laughs> Living in the Light is another book of hers and uh, Manifesting Joy. So she helped me to step into that desired experience of the world that I wanted. And she has a great book called Creating True Prosperity that gets to your underlying beliefs around money and abundance and helps to shift you in helping you see how you are prosperous in your life, which is a key to selling yourself in the new economy. You have to recognize your value. You have to recognize where you are strong and be able to offer that to others. And we'll have a link to her book. And so, Patty, we wanted to look at some more of the um, yeah, we tips wanted- that you shared. And if... Right. We want to go through um, the tips and kind of give some suggestions of what you can do with them. So, Angela, did you want to start with number one, money and abundance meditations? Yeah, there are quite a few good free ones on YouTube. So definitely have a look on YouTube. People get so much 
uh, of their meditations from there now. And also in the show notes, we'll have a link from Dr. Patrick Wanners, and that's a paid meditation download, which uses hypnosis. So hypnosis has been very good to give you order suggestions to change your old beliefs by learning new beliefs about being prosperous and abundant. And one of the other tips that we talked about was music to calm anxiety and money manifesting. Like Angela said, YouTube has plenty of calming music and money meditations, as well as creating abundance music. Number three, let me give you an example of a prayer when feeling anxious about money or a work situation. I use this. Dear God, help me remember that nothing will happen today that you and I can't handle together. Amen. Just pray to pray and ask for help. And it also relieves your anxiety or just talk to God about your situation. That also helps you with that anxiety of just being able to release that because you know that somebody's listening. Number four was journal prompts for calming anxiety and money manifesting. Number one, what is this feeling of anxiety telling me? Number two, make a list of things constantly running through your head and then come up with the solutions. Number three, visualize living without anxiety. What would my life look like? Number four, how have I been blocking my ability to receive and keep money? Number five, what am I willing to do to change my relationship with money? I love that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. You know, it's it's so true. What am what are you willing to do to change? Because if you're not willing to change, it's not the situation's not going to change. And number 6, I'm going to give you some examples of many abundance affirmations to recite daily. I am sensible and responsible with money and manage it wisely. My income is continually increasing. I attract money quickly and effortlessly. I welcome abundance and money into my life. I deserve abundance in my life. I am grateful for the abundance and money in my life. Money and abundance constantly flow into my life. I allow money and abundance to flow into my life. And then here's something that you can do every day. A daily habit. When a negative thought comes to mind, think of three positive thoughts to train the mind to change from negative to positive outcomes. So our challenge to our listeners in this podcast is to do this activity 
when a negative thought comes into your mind, think of three positive thoughts to change you from negative to positive outcomes. I love that outcome. The book and workshop that changed the money beliefs I had was with T. Harv Ecker and the Millionaire Mind Intensive. It's a three-day workshop. Harv no longer runs the training. However, his book is still a great read. To find out how our money beliefs limit the way we make money, he's got heaps of cases studies including his own story and he teaches you how to think differently and powerfully about your money by looking at how millionaires think he looks at their mind and we'll have the link in the show notes to his book the book gives simple strategies to start planning with your money and have five accounts to organize your money so that you one, cover your needs. Two, save for long-term dreams. Three, have an investment account. You could have one account for taxes. And the fifth one is a play account. Yes, <laughs> a play account. You've got to set aside money to play with money. He puts 10% of your income into the play money account. For me, the biggest lesson I got from working with Harv was one of his students' success stories. Her dream was to live in Hawaii and enjoy her life. So with the investing advice from Harv, she started a passive income stream and she cut out all unnecessary expenses and lived really simply. She found out she needed about 60K a year to live and she developed a passive income stream that meant she had to work six months by living simply and that would give her the 60K and then she could go to Hawaii for the other six months. So she got to live her dream life, six months of the year in Hawaii and six months she worked. So what it taught me is that you don't have to think big you just need to get real, have a number, a real number, cut down the fluff that wastes your energy, your money and your time and focus on an income stream so that you can achieve the lifestyle you want. Most of us get stuck in thinking only one way. Harv taught us to come up with a number and think about how to make that number and then listen to the beliefs that got in the way of you creating that number. I always relate to creative ways of thinking. So this one really connected to me, this approach of Harv. And the new economy needs us, needs us to be creative. So we don't look at wealth as only some Instagram millionaire lifestyle, <laughs> but rather we look at a lifestyle that supports our needs and the needs of each other, of human values, human-centred economies that support the planet and the humans that will come after us. Living with anxiety and financial trouble is stressful. 
However, changing and creating better choices and opportunities to resolve your situation will ease the pressure. Having a financial plan and putting it into action and sticking to it is the key to financial wellness. Ooh, I like that, financial wellness. Patty, Reiki is also good for anxiety as well too, right? Yes. A Reiki session is a powerful way to release anxiety, stress, and worry. I offer distant Reiki sessions and life coaching services. And I'll have my link in the show notes if you're interested of having a Reiki session or a life coaching session. And I will be offering online meditation classes that starts on July 7th US or July 8th Australia and that specifically will help with anxiety and stress. It's actually meditation with Diksha and the Diksha is a fast way to start soothing the brain and the nervous system. It's extremely fast and it also helps to get you into pure states of meditation where your body and your mind are free of anxiety and I'll be doing techniques to connect with your body through the breath and it'll be really a great addition if you're looking for an activity when you're stuck at home and you want to increase your self-care. We would love to hear your thoughts about this episode topic. If you enjoyed the podcast, how about becoming a monthly supporter we will have that in the show notes as well. You click on the support button in the Anchor app. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.